Hello, Ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Here with me, your host of the DTP. My name is Colton G, and today we're joined by Nicole Simone as we talk her brand new web series on a list. Yes, some of you may know Nicole for her time in the musical realm under the moniker Late July. Well, now it's time that the pause get put in a different pond, per se, as Nicole is not only writing, helping to direct and produce, but also starring in this web series that as of right now is three episodes deep. I crushed all three back to back to back. I have loved them so far. I can't wait for more. That's not what's important. What's important is we're diving into what inspired on a list and how it all has come together. We're gonna be talking about the dynamic between Nicole and her co-star James Darsh as they portray the characters Olivia and Harry as they become incredibly vulnerable. And it's all set to a soundtrack. The vibe is all put in motion from late July as well. So we're gonna talk about going through Nicole's catalog and music and picking the right songs to represent the mood, the vibe of the show. We're also going to be talking about some of Nicole's new music with songs like Echoes and an upcoming EP entitled Oceania. Not only just this, we're also diving into Nicole's work with Redemption Pause, which has saved over five at risk dogs in 2020 alone all of this and more in this conversation with nicole simone with late july and it's all brought to you today by deserttigermerch.com where you can go to cop yourself something to represent the desert tiger podcast every where that you go that is deserttigermerch.com um, and now, now it's time to get the vibe right before this conversation with Nicole. And the best way to do that, the best way to do that is with one of her new singles that you're going to be hearing about today. This is Echoes. This couldn't last. It was hard and clear. Couldn't stay here. The candles we burned are all out, it's in the past We left me bare, could have been anywhere but here I am
Desert Tiger Podcast. Hello, hello. Hi, Colton. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you, Nicole? Good. Where are you in the world? I'm located out of Kamloops, British Columbia currently. Very cool. Yes, yes. Where are you? In Toronto. Ooh, the big old city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And how's T.O. treating you? Uh, we're, you know, in lockdown. This seems to be the case mostly everywhere in Canada here. <laughs> in lockdown, it's snowy, it's cold, and uh, a, a lot of time to uh, work and watch old movies. <laughs> it's the perfect season for old movies. You get yourself a good, nice, warm drink and get nice and cozy. Yeah, exactly. I got the Criterion channel, so I'm just, like, catching up on all the movies that I feel guilty I haven't seen. So, it's been, it's been good. <laughs> I know how that uh, list of movies you haven't seen goes, so. Yeah, no, I, it's, uh, you know, uh, catching up on, I watched Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid that last night, and I had embarrassing, I had not seen it before. Um, so, I got to check that off my list. Okay, well, now I'm embarrassed because I haven't seen it, so. For <laughs> shame. No, there's lots of lots of movies. A lot of Western. I, I'm on, like, a Western kick right now. I watched Paris, Texas and um, some other films. But, yeah, no, it's been good. Nice, nice. I'm glad to hear that. Very glad to hear that. Hmm. Awesome. So we're connecting today to talk a little bit of music, a little bit about On a List as well. Hmm. Sounds like you've been keeping busy, be very creative, inspired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it's important to uh, for me to stay creative and stay in motion some way through the pandemic and before. I, I think the pandemic didn't really change a whole lot for me. It just brought a couple of new challenges. But looking back, I was on my Wikipedia page the other day and I was like, wow, I've put out a lot of stuff this year. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's uh, sometimes we have to adapt and overcome, and you definitely sounds like you've been doing that throughout a uh, very challenging year to do so. Yeah, definitely. All right, all right. So you ready to jump on into it? Yeah. Cool, let's do it. So first off, I want to start with on a list, because where was the idea of this show, this web series, uh, Born? How, what was it like to create this? Because I crushed all three of these episodes like immediately back to back to back, and I loved it. So I need to know. <laughs> uh, I had a list on on my phone that I had just haphazardly put together, uh, just coming out of a, a really bad relationship to be like, how do I not get into that situation again? And like, how do we fast track this? Because I'm getting older and <laughs> my patience is wearing thin. Um, and so I kind of thought about that. And then um, somebody I was dating, we were talking about, uh, he's an actor and we were talking about uh, a project together and, and, and I came up with this idea and he really liked it. And then the pandemic happened and then we were no longer working together. And I just was like, I just want to make this, you know, I've always been very interested in film and television. Everyone has always been, you know, everyone always assumes I'm an actress, but you know, my background is music. Uh, I've produced a lot of music videos. Um, so I just thought like, why not? So I called up some film friends. I wrote the, the script and I was just like through caution to the wind and just made it. Wow. So do you have much for like acting experience in theater or like even studying prior to this? None, nothing. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was just really into it. And I'm a very big fan of um, Mike Mills and uh, Drake Doremus. Um, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with his films. He did a movie called Like Crazy, uh, Ending Beginnings. And about half of his script is kind of improvised. And I think he made Like Crazy on like uh, a DSLR. And I, that just really inspired me to think that you can just go out and do it and you can get in the moment. And so no acting experience um, or any experience with any of this stuff. And uh, I just really wanted to put myself out of my comfort zone. I definitely had a couple of like moments where I was like, what am I doing? I'm going to look like an idiot. But I always find those times in life when I feel like I'm doing something stupid and I'm being an idiot because I'm, I'm new at something is usually the time where I'm actually growing and developing a new skill set. <laughs> well, sometimes you have to challenge yourself in order to learn, right? I think so. And I'm definitely one of those people that learns by doing. I don't think acting classes would have stuck the same way or had the same experience as what, you know, as making my own web series. Okay, okay. So this list is born out of a list you had created yourself. Yeah, it was a list I created myself and then added things to it that some of the things I would never do. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just kind of created, you know, what are those things that are going to make somebody really vulnerable? Um, you know, like, I think, you know, getting drunk and interviewing each other and asking each other really personal questions or, you know, just just jumping off the bat and posting photos of each other on social media and seeing what happens. Like those are kind of modern day vulnerability exercises. Hmm, definitely. And I do love the show's message of vulnerability because in the social media age, in the dating age, especially where we have apps and like I said, social media, it's a lot of people can, um, you know, produce their content, make sure that they're showing their best face to the world. So sometimes you don't really get that vulnerability right off the bat. Yeah, I think uh, people want to show their best side. I want to show my best side <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but I think in terms of dating, if you do that, you're really hindering yourself and potentially putting yourself in uh, toxic or uh, you know, bad relationships. So these things are just kind of ideas that I came up with, like, that are kind of, some of them are a bit crazy. Uh, some of them are, are not so much. Um, but it's, it's a way to make people emotionally available. And as the series goes on, you'll, you'll kind of see it become less snarky and cheeky. And you'll see Olivia and Harry really get vulnerable and talk about you know, how they feel about uh, different things. I don't want to spoil anything because the epi new episodes aren't out yet, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course, we're only three episodes deep so far, but I want to know what it was like to finally have that moment of that first episode to finally, you've already stepped into this world, but now you're releasing it out into the world, onto YouTube, for pretty much everybody to be able to find and see. So what was it like to finally allow this child in this new world outside of music out? It was uh, really exciting. I think, like, the honestly, the most nerve-wracking part of the whole experience was rehearsing for the first time. That was the scariest for me. I thought I was going to throw up. And it's just me that the whole cast, um, with the exception of the first episode where there's like a, 
a small um, group of extras. Uh, it's just me and James Darsh. But, you know, having people finally see it, um, I haven't shown it to my friends and my family, <laughs> but my fans really like it. Um, and uh, really, the thing that people comment the most is the chemistry between the characters on screen, which I think is just because we were just genuinely having fun when we're, while we were filming. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I also definitely really enjoyed is you can see like even if you're nervous, you can't even tell that you're nervous with this being your first acting experience because the chemistry inside of this dynamic between you and your co-star James Darsh is just so dynamic. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have found a better person for the role. It was one of those believe in manifestation. He just, you know trying to find a good actor who was British because um, that's what, what the role was written as um, during a pandemic and who wanted to work with somebody who had no acting, producing, directing, or writing experience in film seemed like a long shot. Um, but uh, I, I, I found James and we started working together and um, it just worked out really well. Wow, like you said, manifestation, almost like it was meant to be because all of these reasons as to why it shouldn't work out, but all these pieces fall into place. I wasn't going to do the show if I didn't find the right person to play Harry. I didn't want somebody pretending to be British. I didn't want somebody who was rigid or um, really... Sometimes actors can be very focused on their lines rather than like being present. Um, so I was, I was, once I had James attached to the project then I was like, oh wow, it's on. Like we're doing this. Awesome. Awesome. So then that kicks it into high gear and you've got the chemistry there. And then of course you have a little bit of a soundtrack from your musical project late July Mm -hmm. with this show on a list. So what was it like and how do you go through picking through some of your catalog, both from the beginning of your musical career to some of your latest singles to craft the vibe? Yeah, I mean, aesthetic and vibe is really important to me. I'm a Libra rising, so I just, I really, uh, everything has to kind of sound and and feel alike. It was just, uh, I have, I have about 10 years worth of music, so it's been kind of fun, an episode uh, episode one, I think, starts off with a song that came out in 2011. Um, episode two starts out with a song that came out this summer. Um, so it's really cool. I don't think people listening or watching the show realize that all the music is me. <laughs> and I did worry that I was going to come off um, as uh, the director for The Room, where it was just like, everything is by me on the show. <laughs> um, but I think it's kind of cool to, to have the opportunity to do that. Um, and uh, definitely, like, my fans know it's my music, and some of them are like, wow, I haven't heard that song in years, and um, I- I'd imagine that there's going to be some unreleased music on the future episodes as well as I continue to um, finish up uh, songs. All right, all right, so continue to working through it as well, continuing to craft So you can maybe even continue to add more to a vibe and this energy behind the show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So 
one of the tracks that I picked up in the first episode playing in the background of the bar is one of your latest singles, Echoes. So please take us behind Echoes. What does it mean to you? Echoes was written pretty much when I got off the plane from Los Angeles. I was in L.A. and in March, and I quickly realized things were about to get very serious, so I decided to come back to Canada and uh, broke up with the guy I was seeing and had no idea what was next other than I was in like a a three-week quarantine. (laughs) And so I just, just this song of kind of, you know, everything just carrying on regardless of what was happening and just kind of not giving up, but maybe surrendering to the unknown. Okay. I, that's, I can definitely understand that, especially if you're sort of uh, trapped at home, let's say for sure. Yeah. With a pandemic, I think people naturally have a desire for certainty and this year of all years, there's been so much uncertainty And I think that song to me is like a little personal anthem of just, you know, the past is the past and you just have to carry on with what's happening now. Um, And kind of, I mean, it is a love song in a way, just, um, you know, looking at the the lyrics, just, you know, a lot of imagery of LA, you know, canyons and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, just, you know, the, the red hair is in the dawn. It's just kind of, you know, it's a new day. It's a new life. Move on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's definitely a love song, too. Cause sometimes you have to love yourself. Sometimes you have to love you and the other person enough to know when it's time to let things go. It's relationships are a uh, it's a beautiful magic. It is. Uh, it is definitely relationships are the things that we think about on our deathbed. We don't think about our Instagram ca- uh, accounts or our bank accounts. We think about the people that have come and gone in our lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the memories that we were able to create with those people. Exactly. Yeah, that's what echoes on. So. <laughs> ooh, ooh, all right. I like that. I like that. Awesome. Okay, so as the series has progressed, you've been releasing some singles the day before episodes of on a list have been releasing so is this something that you plan to continue to do through the rest of season one no no (laughs) there was an album that i had pulled uh off of spotify and uh i was working with mike donis he's uh, my editor for the show and he's just like the song doesn't work um we need another song and so i just kind of rifled through my uh, collection and I found the song and then I realized, oh, the song isn't actually made publicly available. It was a song called What's Left that was recorded in 2011. So I just quickly um, published it on uh, all the, you know, Spotify and digital uh, streaming services so that when they came out with the um, episode, it would be available and people really liked it. So I think that's, um, you know, it'd be lovely uh, and intelligent for me to say that that was planned but it wasn't um but it's certainly something i might do in the future i'm not i'm not so great at planning in advance i'm very uh i'm very in the moment improvise (laughs) no worries no worries sometimes you uh need those moments of just going for it right it's not everything can be 
planned out and done step by step because all of our best laid plans usually don't end up working out the way that we think they will. Nope. Uh, what, is, what did John Lennon say? Uh, life's what happens when you're making plans. Drown yourself in liquor and I'll hang myself with words. And while we're lying here restless, I am listening to the birds. And the people out your window on your busy city street. But I came here to tell you all it turned to concrete And you said, if this is what you want And this is what you get We hit a wall And what's left is left No need to forgive me
the Desert Tiger Podcast. Okay, so with saying that what's left was a song that was pulled from another catalog, with the most recent one on December 9th, Please Come Home Under the Christmas Tree, is it the same situation with that track as well? Uh, similar but different. Um, that was a Christmas song I wrote with Matthew Sweeney. Um, he's in a band called The Elwins, and we wrote that Ooh. together uh, in 2012, I want to say. And I recorded it and just kind of put it on Bandcamp as like a lo-fi thing, and then I was like, I should put a Christmas song. And, <laughs> and I um, uh, just quickly asked Guillermo um, Sebaste to uh, help me put together a piano track, and I just put down the vocals, and so I re-recorded it, because it's such a sad song. It's such a lonely song, and I think it's so apropos for many of us who are spending Christmas alone or in isolation because of the pandemic. Um, so I just put it out, and then... I found a old photo of me. I grew up in Southern California, and I very much miss um, Christmas in in California. Uh, and I just uh, took that photo and made it the the single cover and put it out. Okay, awesome. So is Christmas a uh, very big uh, thing for you in your life? And do you have any uh, favorite Christmas memories or movies or anything of that sort? I am definitely a Christmas person. I'm a Halloween person first by nature, Christmas person second. I love all the lights. Actually, that's probably my favorite thing about Christmas. Um, my best Christmas memories are in uh, Del Mar, where I used to live as a kid. Um, we would do our Christmas photos on the beach. Uh, you know, it was great Christmas morning getting to play with your toys, being able to go outside. <laughs> I was definitely the kid that just did not sleep Christmas night. And uh, being Sicilian, we have, like, a lot of Italian uh, traditions, so we make um, a special type of Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve, and um, I definitely miss uh, a lot of spending Christmas with a lot of my Italian relatives in San Diego. Um, A lot of them have since passed on, but um, carrying on tradition with the current family. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're keeping the spirit and the traditions alive and well. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. So with two of these last singles being sort of things from the past that are being brought back up, what does the future hold for you in terms of music then? Um, I have a bunch of songs that I need to um, do vocals for. Uh, and I'm going to be releasing um, those new songs on a album called Oceana that's coming out this winter. Um, I'm just nailing down a release date. But uh, yeah, just uh, working with um, Devin Hoare, who's my trumpet player. He plays on a lot of my tracks. Um, uh, Sasha, who's my guitarist, uh, and just kind of collaborating. We haven't been able to play together since, I would say, November or December, probably a year. We haven't been able to play as a band um but you know working on new music um it's kind of like a process of working on finishing songs that i've written in the last year and a half and then i would like to take some time to actually start writing new material but i've kind of i'm either in a production phase or a writing phase i never really cross pollinate between the two um but i do hope that uh, this winter well i'm gonna do it just start writing new songs because i just like writing songs and i've I don't even know how many songs I've put out at this point, but 
uh, we're getting into like the 30s in terms of volumes of songs that I've released, so. Mm-hmm. I know that you're on a streak of about 13 singles right now, so doing pretty dang good, and that's just 2019, 2020 here. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't obviously I don't I don't take uh, I don't take count. I, I I'm a, I'm still a bit shy about putting out music in terms of promoting it. Something I'm still not 100% comfortable doing, but um, people you know catch up catch up to what I'm doing. They're either you know interested uh, in the show or interested in me for music or they know me for my hair or they know me for my painting or for the the dog charity work I do. So, um, but it just kind of loops, one of those things will loop people into the, all the other things I do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with the title like Oceana, is that because you're a Libra or you, just because <laughs> you're a very big water person, all of these things combined? Well, I'm a uh, Pisces sun, Pisces moon, Libra rising. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm definitely a water person, um, but I have always been bi-coastal. I grew up between Toronto <laughs> and Diego, and you've never heard the term bi-coastal before? I have not heard that before. Hmm. I am bi-coastal. My, half of my family uh, are from an island, uh, Sicily. So I think it's just, in, and the other half are UK, which are islands, so I just think uh, it makes sense for me to be just a very coastal type person. Um, but definitely the, since February, 2019, up until the pandemic, I was going between LA and Toronto and it was just the dichotomy of being, you know, in the winter in front of like frozen Lake Ontario. And then the next week I would be at Venice beach and just kind of like going between and, um, you know, really trying to find, uh, I don't want to say find my place, but certainly just find um, where I was happiest. Hmm, absolutely. And sometimes a heart must travel in order to find where it belongs, for sure. Yeah, I definitely. I think it's very healthy to do a lot of traveling uh, in order to kind of see the world and, and just acknowledge that we're all global citizens at the end of the day. Absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes you just have to do your best to help out like you are with your dog charity. Yeah. That's uh, pretty awesome. I mean, I saw that in 2020, in a very difficult year, you still managed to save 500 no more dogs. Than, yeah, we, I have 90 dogs coming in um, in the next couple of days, particularly from areas that have been very hard hit by COVID. And uh I have a wonderful team of people that I work with, a wonderful team of volunteers and supporters that make what um, Redemption Pods does possible. Um, but there's definitely been moments this year where I thought I was going to have to throw in the towel. Uh, and I'm glad I haven't because there's a lot of wonderful dogs we get to save and it's wonderful to see the impact that these dogs have on people's lives. Well, not only the uh, change in the lives that you're bringing to the people that dogs are going to, but the dogs themselves. That's a uh, pretty incredible thing for you to be able to do, and I'm glad that you didn't throw in the towel. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, um, it definitely, it's been a challenging year, but uh, I did not uh, decide to close the charity. I knew that the pandemic was not going to be a two-day thing or a two-week thing, as some people had thought, and um it's really sad that we have these animals that 
really are the only animals that give humans unconditional love and um, many parts of the world just treat them like garbage. And um, it's just really rewarding. Just before I got on this call, I tagged, uh, I, I got a do dog into the rescue who's severely uh, broken legs, severely um, uh, traumatized and, and beaten. And it's such a privilege to be able to have that, I wouldn't say power, but have that ability to uh, you know, make a call, pull him off death row, get him into a vet clinic and get him uh, the care he needs. And, and hopefully we'll get him into a home if he's um, stable enough. But it, it is it is quite a privilege to do what I do, but it's certainly not without its um, tumultuous times. Oh, and I can only imagine that it can be hard on the heart and everything else, but you do it because you love it. You do it because you want to make a difference. Yeah, that's it's really it. I don't, I don't like to to showboat about it. It's uh, it's it's genuine work, and and when people are doing it for the right reasons, um, the results are really beautiful. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So you've mentioned how 2020 was a challenge in terms of redemption pause. So, but I want to know. So between the music and on a list as well, what has it been like to? navigate with release dates and getting everything together and filming and all of those fun things? I think it's, I think it's been a coping mechanism and almost a trauma response to everything that's happened uh, to just kind of keep going and keep creating and just, you know, it's been overwhelming because there'd be days where I will be doing the dog charity work and you know dealing with some pretty heavy stuff and then I'm expected to be on set producing acting and you know going over script notes and and all of that and definitely there were some times where I was just like really really flustered <laughs> um but I, it, I think everything is the people you surround yourself with um I got to you know definitely uh working with James Darsh was great because I could get to set and he would pull me into character and keep me present and kind of been like, kind of like just be like, Hey, all that stuff doesn't matter right now. Like we're here, let's have fun. And that was great. Um, and then same with the dog rescue, just having people that um, at the organization who are always ready to, you know, help out and, and, and fix the situation has been good. I just, I can't, I, people give me a lot of credit, but I certainly could not do what I do on my own by myself. I am not an Island. <laughs> Mm hmm. Absolutely. And that is fair. Nobody is an island. So it's all about the teams that we build around us that really help us thrive and grow and be able to reach out and continue to put so many coals in the fire. Definitely. I think that uh, the relationships in your life, whether uh, family, personal or romantic, can make or break you uh, or make or break your career in a lot of ways. And um, as I always say that if, you know, you're feeling depressed, make sure that you're not surrounded by jerks because <laughs> you are kind of the sum of, of who you spend your time with and who you invest your time with um, professionally and personally. So I'm very cognizant of that and uh, very particular about who I work with um, and who I spend my time with. And I spend a lot of time alone at the end of the day too with my dog. <laughs> She's great. Um, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm quite happy with that. So, mm -hmm. well, and they say that if you want to see the type of person you'll become show me the top five people you hang out with. 
That's true. I think that's very true. And um, I think there's also just the need to understand that not everyone who comes in your life is meant to stay in your life, but that doesn't devalue the experiences you have with them. And I know people struggle with that a lot with, you know, dating and relationships. You could have a really great relationship with somebody for six months and they ghost you and that's terrible, but you kind of have to look at the, the time and experiences you have with people rather than the actual, you know, uh, duration uh, of things and, um, and just kind of, you know, value that as you grow, people will, will come and go. And that's just a part of life. Everything, uh, what is the, the Buddhist saying? Life's greatest joke is, uh, uh, life's greatest jokes is, is impermanence. Like nothing stays the same. So I think that's something that people struggled with this year because nothing has stayed the same. Everything changes day to day <laughs> with the pandemic and, and what's going on. So it's, it's a good lesson for everyone. Yes, a very good lesson. It's it's nice to be comfortable, but you can't stay comfortable forever. Exactly. I think you do have to step out of your, your comfort zone. And certainly as somebody who's 35 and starting acting and writing and producing is hugely out of my comfort zone. And I'm glad I did it. But I, I just think that, you know, you you always feel like you're starting too late. I remember like starting music when I was 13 and feeling like it was too late. Like I was like, I should have been writing songs when I was six years old, like some of these protégés. <laughs> you just feel like you're always, it, that's just time. You're always going to be behind. So you just kind of have to seize the moment and, uh, and do what moves you and inspires you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It doesn't matter when you start. It's just the fact that you started and you got that ball rolling. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll see if I do a season two of on a list, um, working on um, a new uh, a new project. I'd like to do a feature film um, and you know new music and just see what the future holds and just kind of keep creating and and reminding myself that it's a privilege to be able to go out and and make film and music and and, and rescue dogs. And I think coming from that point of gratitude is really important. Absolutely. It absolutely is. It helps you stay grounded as you continue to go out into the world and not only uh, show off your creativity, the things that you have helped craft to not only help yourself, but to also help other people, but also just the other work that you're doing in general, which is very incredible. Thank you. I think... um there's a lot of great people in the world and they don't get enough credit. We put so much emphasis on the negative that uh, we forget how much good does get done in the world um, by people just choosing to do better. Mm-hmm. Hey, and sometimes you just have to do some good and get out there and make the difference that you want to see. Exactly. Be the change you want to see in the world. And I feel like that's very much the life I've led so far. And hopefully I can continue uh doing that all right well i'm excited to continue to see where that journey takes you nicole thank you so much for joining me here today to take us behind this journey with on a list your new music redemption pause everything that you have going on yeah thank you so much for having me you're a wonderful interview I hope that you enjoyed this conversation 
with Nicole Simone with Late July as we talked about her evolution into the world of film with her new miniseries on a list which you can find right now over at YouTube. Go over there in your search bar, type in on a list. Check out all of the available episodes, hit subscribe so that when the rest of season one drops, you have it in your notifications. While you're at it, you might as well head to Spotify, find Late July, and hit follow over there as well. So that when Nicole drops this upcoming EP, Oceania, you can have it in your notifications, in your hands, and in your ears. A-S-A-P. And if you're in the market for a dog, why not go ahead and check out Redemption Paws. Alright, it's time for our roaring DTP thank yous for this episode. The first one of those goes out to the wonderful Nicole Simone for joining us here today. And who do I have to thank for setting it up? Well, a big roaring thank you to Amanda over at Vocab Communications for hooking this interview up. And last but not least, a roaring DTP thank you to you, the loyal dedicated ambush for tuning into the desert tiger podcast like you love to for repping the show if you have yet to join up with the am it's so simple it's so easy it's as easy as hitting subscribe on the podcast listening service you're using right now you can also help the show grow by giving us a five star review you can share this episode on your social media with your friends, your family, or anyone who you think would enjoy the DTP or Nicole Simone. And of course, you can also head on over to deserttigermerch.com and copy yourself something to represent the show everywhere you go with style and class. Yes, yes. All right, Am, coming up next Tuesday on the Desert Tiger Podcast. We are joined by Kalindo, yes, the longtime guitarist for one Janelle Monet. His branched out into a solo project, and we're going to be diving into it here next Tuesday on the Desert Tiger Podcast. And then, of course, we're going to be taking Christmas off because that lands next Friday. But I hope that you're all going to be staying jolly doing whatever holiday celebrations you do or don't do whatever it is you do you all right now now it's about time that we let you go but before we do that we have one thing to say and those of you who are part of the am know what it is i want you to go out and chase your dreams find your mountaintop find your oasis whatever the thing is that makes your heart sing and scream to its fullest capacity and glory go out there find that thing craft that thing grow with that thing and when your roar is finally ready to let out amongst the world let us hear just how wonderful how beautiful your roar is how powerful Just how wonderful and beautiful you are, too, because deep down, yes, you are all right, y'all. It's about that time. 
that I let you go, that we say bye-bye, that you go and crush all of the available episodes of On A List. And until next episode, bye-bye. 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 Do you get it? That's an echo. Yeah, I know. It's a terrible joke. All right, bye.